0: Pete Callender's show. I am Pete of the show. Um, a reminder, you want to be listening for a Leonard Skinner bump tune or a ZZ Top bump tune. These are the tunes, the music uh, beds that are played uh, coming into the uh, the show after the commercial break, so you want to be listening for either Leonard Skinnerd or ZZ Top. Alright? And when you hear it, then you call 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. And if you are the fifth caller, then you'll get a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top for their Sharp Dressed uh, Simple Man Tour. It's next year, though. It's September 2023. So just a heads up on that. Okay, so you'll have plenty of time to yeah, make your plans and that sort of thing. It's at PNC uh, Music Pavilion in Charlotte. A special guest is Uncle Cracker, but you gotta wait for the tune to play. And that was not, that was Led Zeppelin. Still, it's always been. It's not, <laughs> and frankly, all right, I just gotta say this. So far, like out of every single commercial, we're getting calls. And frankly, I don't know if I want to give these tickets away now. Because there are so many people, they're like, "Oh, give me some Skinner tickets." And that's not Leonard Skinner we just played. For like for the love of me. One of them was like Tom Petty or something. If you don't know, okay, well maybe they're maybe they're Uncle Cracker fans. That's fu- okay, that is that's fair. That's true. So they might be Uncle Cracker fans or maybe they're ZZ Topheads, is that what they call them? ZZ ZZ Topheads. Maybe they are fans of ZZ Top and they don't know Leonard Skinner, but they want to see ZZ Top, or vice versa. So okay, all right, all right, okay. It's back on. Contest is back on. All right. So you want to be listening for the tunes at some point during the program. I'll give you a hint. It's going to happen at some point within the next hour. Okay. There you go. All righty. Let's get into the. Uh, let's get into the latest with the Mecklenburg County Sheriff and his uh, slow rolling of all of the uh, concealed handgun permits uh, that he has been sued over now twice. This is now the second lawsuit filed against Sheriff Gary McFadden, a.k.a. Homicide. I think it's like, right, it's where, I mean, it makes sense. A sheriff who describes himself as I am Homicide on the TV program on the Discovery Channel a few years back, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it's where handgun permits go to die. That's, he's killing them. Just <laughs> Mecklenburg County. So by way of background, so a couple of weeks ago, um, I saw this was to do. To, 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 there was a press release issued by Grassroots North Carolina, as well as gun owners of America and Mecklenburg County residents who filed their second lawsuit against Sheriff Gary McFadden over obstruction while they tried to get concealed handgun permits. So they had a news conference on November 27th, and they talked about first the background. Last year, these two groups filed suit against Sheriff McFadden over delays in processing applications for both the PPPs and the CHPs. So for folks who aren't aware, real quickly, the PPP is the pistol purchase permits. In North Carolina, Democrats did not want black people getting handguns. And so they created this special law, low those many years ago, when the Klan was terrorizing black folks. And uh, they didn't want them the ability to have them the ability to fight back against the Democrat Klan members. And so they said, sheriffs have the ability to issue these pistol purchase permits. You can't buy a pistol Unless you get the sheriff's approval, and the sheriff had very, uh, let's say, nebulous guidelines here, you had to be a member in good standing, and to the Klan's uh, uh, democratic leadership, that meant white, right? You had to be white, and so they were not in the in the practice of giving a lot of black folks the uh, the, the right to buy a pistol. So. Uh, that's where that system came from. And by the way, the Republicans in the legislature have been trying to get rid of this, uh, but Democrats keep fighting it. A majority of the sheriffs in the state of North Carolina they want to get rid of it too. It creates a burden, a, a regulatory burden on them, administrative burden, I should say, and they don't want to do it either. Uh, Gary McFadden totally on board with it, though, of course. Um, so you have you've got the PPPs. You also have the CHPs, concealed handgun permits. Now this is a, a different class. Okay, this is a different class. If you get a CHP, that means you've had to go through multiple layers of government checks. You had to uh, you you go down there, you get fingerprinted. They run you through the NICS system, which is the national background check system. They run your records through mental health facilities in North Carolina in the area to see if you've been, uh, you know, taken in by uh, mental health professionals for some sort of reason, institutionalized. You have problems like that. if you have any kind of record, if you got a dishonorable discharge, there are all these prohibitions against you getting a concealed handgun permit. Okay? You got to go through an 8-hour class, you got to do range time, you have to get it renewed, you got to spend more money, you got a you got a lot more to do. Okay. It's a higher it's a higher bar to clear. Also, the people who have these CHPs or concealed carry permits in other states, they call it, we call it a CHP. People, this population is the most law-abiding population in America. Okay? They they, they don't commit crimes. they They don't want to lose their ability to conceal carry. And so they, generally speaking, are law-abiding. Which is why, of course... Sheriff McFadden wants to run every single applicant through the VA, the Veterans Administration, even the people who never served in the military, which is why he wants to slow roll these applications and why he wants to read the doctors, the therapists notes of all veterans. Yeah, this was an interesting little uh, uh, piece of information that came out of this interview that he was on, Uh, breaking with Brett Jensen on Thursday night. And what he described is a process whereby people who are not veterans get their applications sent to the VA and buried for months. Meanwhile, veterans who submit to the VA, the sheriff's office then gets access to all of their medical records. And he has staffers reading through their medical records. Did you know that was occurring? The VA is a mandatory reporter. They report to the NIC system. And the VA has an entire process, an entire due process for people who lose their, uh, for people who then get declared to be, you know, uh, unfit, essentially, for gun ownership. And the DOJ then says, well, if you get this classification, you are now a prohibited uh, purchaser. You can't buy. You can't own a gun. And the VA has a due process. System for that, with appeals and that sort of thing. The sheriff does not. The sheriff has constructed himself a separate approval process that he is trying to, uh, that he's trying to pawn off on us as something that he didn't do but has existed long before he ever became sheriff, what, four years ago. And that's not true. What he is doing is a, quote, reinterpretation of the law. He has already been smacked down on the PPP front, and now he's messing around with the CHP folks. After the courts told him, stop messing with the PPPs, stop doing what you're doing, he is now using the CHP process to do the same thing. And his rationale for it is garbage. It's a garbage rationale. It is. He, when, when Brett asks him, you're going to hear this. Brett asks him a question, and he answers a different question. So this is the background, okay? That's the background. He's already been smacked down once by the courts. The PPP issue has been resolved. The CHP issue has not. And that's what's being sued over now by Grassroots North Carolina and the Gun Owners of America and Mecklenburg County residents. Because he is, unfortunately, for residents seeking to renew their CHPs, he is sending all of their applications to the VA, and then he's having staffers comb through veterans' medical records, and if you're not a veteran then your application just gets stuffed to the bottom of the pile because the VA is under no obligation to service anything that you ask for because you're not a veteran. Which, of course, then adds administrative cost to the VA. You're now div- you're now diverting resources away from Veterans Affairs. All right, so now that you have the background on uh, the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office getting sued yet again over handgun permits... Let's take a listen to uh, his excuses. Um, He was on with Brett Jensen on his program, Breaking with uh, Brett Jensen, on uh, Thursday, I believe. And you can hear the entire interview. I've just pulled some of the sound bites on this topic. You can hear the whole interview by getting the podcast at WBT.com. It's right there. Um, And look, I want to give the sheriff credit for going on the program and, uh, you know, taking questions, not just from Brett, but also from the audience. Some people called in and they had some pointed questions for him. Um, and so I, I give him credit for for going on the program and, and being willing to sit for it uh, and, and be willing to, uh, you know, have to answer tough questions. So uh, first, let me get to the uh, audio clips here. This is uh, Sheriff Gary McFadden is asked by... Brett Jensen, um, why send every concealed handgun permit application, why are you sending them to the VA when not everybody applying for these CHPs are veterans, right? What we found out that
1: a lot of people do not, well, let me say not a lot of people, several people um, overlook the box or don't check the boxes or don't fill out the paperwork. I can say personally... um, it is it is a situation so where some people don't have all the information or think that they have filled out the information. And what we do is actually send all the information to all of the um, facilities, health care facilities that deal with mental health in the hospitals and also the Veterans Administration.
0: OK, we already know that. So basically, he just spent 30 seconds telling us what we already know. You send these applications. And the the rationale that he offered up there was that first he said many, and then he said, okay, several. So we don't even know how many people he's actually talking about. How many people that are veterans that don't check the box that they are veterans, how many of those people have been applying for CHPs? We don't know. Here's a question. How many of the applications that you're sending to the VA are not veterans? Because veterans don't make up a very large portion of the population, right? It's only about 2%. Maybe it's a little bit higher in North Carolina. But it's a very small, like single-digit percentage of veterans just in the general population. So am I to believe that somewhere in a a comparable number, or maybe it's not comparable, but I don't know, but maybe that would be a good number to have. If you're getting 1,000 applications a month... For CHPs, how many of those are coming from veterans? Something else to keep in mind that these uh, applications are signed under penalty of perjury. Right? You, th- these are these are legal documents that you sign. If you lie on the document, you are subject to charges. Wouldn't it just be easier to run everybody just through a, a name database to say, "Hey, is this person in the in the VA system?" Wouldn't that be easier? rather than submitting the applications to the VA, wouldn't it be better to do a name search? Also, context clues might be a little important. I would submit, for example, I'm 48 years old, so uh, I've never been in in the military. I have applied and received my concealed handgun permit in Mecklenburg County multiple times. You can know that the fact that I haven't Uh, been turned down and the fact that I have it indicates what right that I'm I haven't joined the military because of my age I am too old to enlist and if I've already gone through the screening why would you put me back through it for a renewal you should have that information already oh but wait maybe you join the military well that's fine for a 48 year old I mean we're still going to run you through the VA Pete but what about a you know a 28 year old well what about them See, like, he's he's using a sledgehammer approach here. Everybody is going to follow this this rule. Everybody's going to uh, be subjected to this process. And he's sitting there, and, and this is why I called him the other day. This is why I called him a sociopath. Because like, he's sitting here just flat out lying about the why he's doing what he's doing, and he's gaslighting us in the process. Take a listen. And, and that's where
1: it gets complicated. They're saying why. Well, you could go to... Nix. You'll hear people say send to Nix. Yeah. Uh, well, Nix will only give you a part of what we're looking at to make sure that we are making the right decision on that person. And so Nix will tell you um, a person who was um, adjudicated incompetent. What we're looking for is everything. What you may say to your doctor or what you may say to a person at the Veterans Administration could be concerning. And, you know, you always say after one of these shooting, what were the red flags? Did you do this? And, and I said this before, when things like that happen, they're only going to point their fingers at one or two people. And I'm probably one or both of those people. Or did you do a proper background check? Did you look further? You hear the background check. So when you say background check, all of this is what most people consider the background checks in, in talking to these um, um, health care facilities.
0: Okay. First off. Uh, he only gave us half of the answer of what the VA does about the adjudicated incompetent. There's something else uh, involved in that that he ignores. For some reason, I we may never know. I don't know. There's another part to that. But also, the last part, you catch that? He says, we're looking for everything. The VA only looks for this, you know, adjudicated incompetent. We look for everything. We want to know what you said to your counselors, to your therapists, because that could be concerning. So now my next question is obviously um, who are your licensed healthcare professionals that are screening all of these notes? Or are these just sheriff's deputies? Is that who's making the call here? Who's who is going through? the medical records of veterans in Mecklenburg County. Who's reading their counselor's notes, their therapist's notes? Who's doing that? Is it just some some deputies or are they mental health professionals? Because if they're mental health professionals, uh, news for you, the VA already did that. That's what they do. What you're saying is, you want, essentially, a constructed double jeopardy approach. You want to be able to look over all the notes, and if the VA says, no, this person's fine now, you want to be able to say, no, I don't think they are. That's what he's doing. He has set up a parallel sort of shadow process. And we don't know who's, who's looking at these records. What if my records were to come across someone's desk? See, these are the questions I have. Like, what if I... I submitted and I was a veteran and I had gone to counseling and now my record comes across somebody's desk and they say, oh, that's Pete Callender. Oh, we don't like him. Now, my medical records are in possession of somebody, right, who, as we know from Gary McFadden, when he fired people for political reasons, he makes hires based on politics. So is it possible that he could take political retribution against somebody? It absolutely is. You're building a system here. You're building a system, and just because you may not abuse it, which I don't actually think he's not abusing it, um, you're building a system that can be abused by others after you or others inside of your office. News Talk 1110 Ninety Nine Three wbt and 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me go over here to Leroy. He's been waiting patiently on the phone. Hello, Leroy.
2: Hey, how you doing, man?
0: Hey, I'm good. What's up? I
2: just want to speak on uh, McFadden, what you're talking about, McFadden, man.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, you use your social security
1: number, too, right? So everybody knows who you are. I I, mean, he's just playing the game. You know what I'm saying? How everybody else plays.
0: I don't give out my social security number.
1: Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: No. Okay. What do you mean? What do you mean by giving out yeah. social security numbers?
1: I mean, you, you do you do you have the right to write your social security number down sometime to give it somebody?
0: Do I have the right to give my social security number you to have, somebody? You
1: security, do you have your social security number out here in this world, man? That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I was assigned one. Yeah, I was given okay, a social security okay.
2: number. It's, it's it's wandering out here somewhere else, ain't
0: it? That what? Wait, Leroy. Oh, my goodness. He saw, I think he said he doesn't understand what I'm saying. That is true. I do not understand what Leroy was trying to say. Yes, I have a social security number. What does that have to do with going to the VA? They have military ID numbers, right? They've got what? What am I missing? I was hoping he would explain that. I I thought maybe he was going for like an analogy or something, but then I thought maybe he's actually trying to make a point about the social security number. And then I thought, okay, is he saying that you could just run my social security number through the VA, which I, yeah, like absolutely. I would agree with that, but I don't under, I don't know what he was going for. So I don't, I don't know. By the way, uh, we have our winner and that was not Leonard Skinner or ZZ top earlier either. Okay. So, but we have our winner for the for the tickets it was uh Jim from Matthews congratulations Jim enjoy the show in September of 2023 Um All right so Gary Mcfadden Sheriff McFadden now being sued yet again uh for slow walking these handgun permits that he is con- or, uh, uh statutorily required to process and so he's been caught before, and he was forced by a, a court just to, to comply with the law. And now he is slow walking the concealed handgun permits. And he's doing this by turning over all of the applications, sending them all over to the VA. Even people who aren't veterans are having to go through the VA, which I would submit is a burden, is a cost burden to the VA. Because now you have to devote resources and, and manpower to process these uh, applications that should never have been sent there because they're not veterans. They're not military people. All right, so note also in his last statement, he mentioned adjudicated incompetent. And he said, we want to know what you told your doctor, basically. The sheriff's office wants to see the notes of whatever counseling services you used And then they want to make a medical determination as to whether or not you should buy a gun. You should be allowed to buy a gun, right? But here's the key. This is for people who use the VA. See, if I go to counseling, just a private therapist, he's not going to have access to that through the VA. Because I'm not in the military. I didn't go to a VA counseling group. So why, why why are you subjecting the veterans to this additional screening? Right? Shouldn't I have to give you then what? Every single private therapist note? Is that what you're saying? Everybody should. I have to turn over all my therapist notes. If I were going to a therapist, I would have to give them all to you. So you could then read through my most private thoughts to a therapist to get a concealed handgun permit. Do you hear yourself? Do you hear how this sounds to like any rational, not crazy person? And again, I point out concealed handgun permit holders are We have the lowest crime rate among any population. We don't commit these mass shootings. Concealed uh, handgun permit people do not commit these types of mass shootings. Why do you think they use the long rifles? Yeah, because they're not concealed handguns. What we found
1: out that a lot of people do not, well, let me say not a lot of people, several people... Um, Oh, hang on. I think this is the same clip again. Is this number one
0: again? It is. Hang on a second. I thought I hit number two.
1: We send them to say, if you have a history, um, some people may not think that some of their parts of the military, like um, National Guards or the Reserves or something like that, that you will still have some um, records that we need to see. And so simply it's what? just making sure that we have done everything that we possibly can do. We all know when we are filling out forms, sometimes we skip boxes, sometimes we don't fill it out correctly, and we are just uh, making sure that we are doing our due diligence to make sure everything is covered.
0: Bull. Bull. Horse hockey. There's another, there are other ways to do it. There are other ways to do it than what you're doing. The two different prongs, one for veterans and one for non-veterans, right? It's bull on both counts. And and you want me to believe that it's because National Guardsmen don't think to check the box that they're in the military? Really? Or, oopsie, I forgot I'm in the military. Oh, I didn't see the box. I didn't check it. Um, Brett then, uh, Brett Jensen, because he made his comments on Brett Jensen's show, gave himself as an example, Right? Brett Jensen wasn't in the military, and uh, so if he were to apply, he he asked, like, so my application goes to the VA, and so how does that work?
1: If you have been into the armed service and they send you back all of your records, which could be hundreds of pages. All right, I'm
0: going to stop right there. Brett Jensen asked him, I haven't served in the military. I apply. How does that work? And listen to what McFadden starts off by saying.
1: If you have been into the armed service and they send you back all of your
0: records. If you have been into the armed service, that's not the question. He's answering a different question, a question he wants to answer. See what he does? He, he pivots. He goes back and forth and back and forth between these different classifications or these classes of individuals, right? You've got veterans and non-veterans. You've got veterans who didn't check the box, which, by the way, is, you know, under penalty of perjury. But also then you have the, um, the non-veterans who didn't check the box but are legitimately not supposed to check that box, right? And rather than just run people through a VA database of their names, he's turning over all of the applications to the VA. That's the process he's using. Just in case there might be one or two people out there that forgot to check the box. That's what I'm supposed to believe here. That's the rationale for this. Like I said, this is—I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. WBT. All right, uh, back to the phone line. I go. Here is Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Hey. Uh,
2: just curious and everything. When you go, I'm not a veteran, but if you're a veteran and you do go to one of these counselors and you either, uh, you know, say you're possibly suicidal or or have these thoughts about harming people, shouldn't there be like a red flag in their department to where it, it automatically files something, uh, you know, to, to state that maybe this person shouldn't have a gun mm-hmm. and, and put it in a computer base or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, but with HIPAA laws, I, you know, another thing with the HIPAA laws, how can McFadden get away with everybody looking at these medical records that might not be really, uh, you know, should be looking at them?
0: So uh, on the medical records, HIPAA thing is that you have to sign away your, your rights, basically, in order to get the CHP. You have to, okay. you have to uh, 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 give a waiver or you got to clear them to, uh, to look at your files. You allow that to happen. You release them, so that's the first thing. On uh, the second front, on the VA. So this was interesting. I went through. There was some uh, some back and forth between Senator Chuck Grassley and the VA a couple years back, and Grassley sent uh, a letter with a bunch of questions to the VA, and asking like, what's going on the way that the VA determines whether somebody is a serious safety risk to themselves or the public. Describe that process. And so the the VA response was the VA does not determine whether a beneficiary is a serious safety risk to him or herself or the public before providing the beneficiary's identifying information to the DOJ for Nix. The law requires the VA to report to Nix any person who lacks the mental capacity to contract or manage His or her own affairs. So what they're saying is those are different standards, right? They're saying the the VA is going to rule as to whether or not you have the ability to manage your own affairs. They then tell the uh, DOJ, and if the DOJ does something different with that information via NICS, that's on the DOJ. They then go in to say that federal law requires the VA to report to NICS the names of individuals due to disability... ...who are unable to manage their VA benefits. A VA determination that a beneficiary cannot manage his or her VA benefits is based upon, here's the key, a definite finding regarding that fact by a responsible medical authority or medical evidence that is clear, convincing, and leaves no doubt as as to the person's inability to manage his or her affairs. And that includes the disbursement of funds. So what, what they're saying is that we have this process, and people can appeal it, and they do. But that process says you don't have the ability to manage your affairs. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, if you've got a medical authority or medical evidence that says somebody is a danger to themselves, they are then not able to manage their affairs. They would then say you aren't able to manage your affairs. They then send your name to DOJ. DOJ puts you on the, on the next list. This is why I'm not buying what Sheriff McFadden is saying, is that he's just saying, oh, you got to be mentally or adjudicated incompetent. Well, I mean, yes, that's that is part of this process. But the medical or the medical professionals that would be weighing in on this, they have a due process system set up so people can fight it. If they say, no, 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 I'm fine now. Or you got the wrong guy or no, I'm capable, whatever. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but you know this goes back to McFadden. He he likes to stick his nose and everything, just like putting those sheriff deputies uh, in, in different like Cornelius and Matthews police districts, uh, and checking speed. You
0: know. Yeah. Well, I was the first thing I just asked uh, when I heard about this truck that hit the sign on I seventy seven right now. Right, it's causing all the problems on the interstate. Um, is the are the sheriff's deputies? Are they getting dispatched out there to run traffic control on the interstate? I mean. Is, I mean, as I understand it, McFadden's all about traffic enforcement now. Wouldn't they be going out there doing that? Seems to me like missed opportunity. Uh, Ralph, I appreciate the call, sir. Yeah, this, like, I know it's kind of in the weeds. It's government legalese and stuff. Because it's the, it's the VA responding to Chuck Grassley. And Grassley is asking these, qu- is a bunch of questions. But he's asking these questions. What is the determination? How is it made? What do you do with that information? Because I think the concern was that people were going to the VA and then being denied the ability to get a handgun. And he wants to know, well, what are you doing with these people's names? You're sending them over. And so the VA, playing a little probably CYA, says, look, the law requires us to report the names of individuals who are unable to manage their VA benefits. That is a very sweeping category. You are unable to manage your VA benefits. And the, D, or the VA has medical people, medical professionals with medical evidence. They will look at your case and they say, you know what? You, you are unable to manage your own affairs. And so we're now going to report that to DOJ. And part of that is to protect the vet. So this way nobody keeps taking their money, right? But this is what McFadden ignores. Also... That the VA affords due process to any individual who proposes to, uh, who uh, it proposes to find incapable. So once they decide you're incapable of managing your benefits, your affairs, you get to appeal that. You get to argue your case. Do you get to argue your case to McFadden's deputy who read through your medical records and determined you don't get to own a gun because you said something to a therapist 10 years ago? What, what What's the appeal for that? McFadden wants to act as this body, right? He is acting as this body, as the VA process. He's trying to set up essentially a parallel process, which is essentially double jeopardy. And this is just for the veteran side of it. The people who aren't veterans, they're getting screwed. Because they're getting delayed because they're having their paperwork sent to the VA.